Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 104. 104. Two years. Two years of the Poisoner's Cabinet. So it is officially our season two Finale. Yes, indeed. How very exciting. How have we got here? This is a special episode this week. We are going to do a retrospective on the past two years of The Poisoner's Cabinet, mm. season one and season two, looking at the highlights of the show, some of the weirdest cases, the most cunning, the strangest, the funniest, the most drinkiest. The so most bastardly. Two years of doing this podcast. Now, when I was doing my research back and thinking of, oh, how did we begin? I listened to something like episode 20. And we marveled that we'd gotten to 20. <laughs> that is true. I still marvel every time we do one. It's like we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> why is it such a marvel to you, Nick? Well, I'm just never convinced that why on earth would people want to listen to me ramble on. Aww. Or either of us ramble on. And it's <laughs> lovely that people do. But I'm always slightly amazed by that. And it is nice that we do have fans and people who want to hear us. We haven't just mm. stubbornly done this for one person. Yes. Just going, yes, <laughs> no one on. listening. It's actually, all the listens are me. <laughs> <laughs> And you and your various guys. Oh, many, many various devices and things. <laughs> oh, how are you, Nick? I'm all right. Yeah, you good? I'm good. Yeah, yes. indeed. No, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to this one. I've got pages of notes in front of me. So you're going to hear lots of rustling as I like flip through pages and things. So what are we going to be doing today then, Nick? So we're going to have a cocktail. I mean, it'd be crazy if we didn't have a cocktail. <laughs> Our first dry episode. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Imagine if season three was dry. There season is no season three. <laughs> so, not happening. Not happening. What are we going to do? We're going to have a chat. We are going to, yeah, we've got some categories. You've chosen some of your favourites. I've chosen some of mine. And there are many, many comments and suggestions from the podcasty world out there. People who listen. So, yeah, we've got lots of stuff to have a chat about and go through. Indeed. We have been asking all of you lovely listeners to share your own highlights on the show, um, your opinions on certain cases. And we've had loads of feedback from people, which has been great. There are some popular ones that have been on everyone's Mm. list that we're going to talk about. Some of the cases and the people that we featured on the show. Also, it's been delightful to hear people's own highlights and things that we'd forgotten about. Yeah, some some that I would not, I've not gone back to and listened to or... I sort of slipped from memory, so it was nice to, yeah, to go back and see some of the old ones. But sometimes they just slip out of your memory and you yeah. have to go, did we do that? Oh, yeah, we did do that story. Yeah. 
But it was a good story. That yeah. was nice. I mean, the amount of times when researching new episodes, I go, oh, this is a really good one. Oh, this is really good. Oh, we did it six months ago. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been really nice to hear about the ones that really seem to resonate with you. Mm. Sometimes we're a little worried for you. <laughs> In some of the comments we get back are just like, yeah, more detail about people eating each other's skin. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, okay. I missed those comments. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I deleted them, Nick, so you wouldn't good. see them. Good. I put them in my own personal diary to gaze at each night. Well, they were youth. So when this episode comes out, Nick and I will actually be out of the country. We will be in the US of A. We are taking a little holiday to celebrate someone's birthday. (laughs) We are going to take a very short break after we come back, just so we can prepare the start of season three and get some more cases together. But are you ready Mm. to drink cocktails and talk about poison? Oh, yes. Or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. No, I definitely want a cocktail. You definitely want a cocktail. I definitely want a cocktail. It is time for cocktail. Okay, we'll go with the first one. We'll go with the first one. Hooray, hooray, hooray. If we're going to be talking about all of these poisonings and murders, we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have any stories without a cocktail in hand. God, no. Now, as you know, dear listeners, every week we normally choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell to flavor our cocktail of the week. But as it's a special episode, the secret ingredient this week is... Poison. It's poison. Poison for all. This week we're going to drink poison, talk about cocktails, going to mix the two together, we're going to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Both Sinead and I have been sitting here flipping back through all the previous episodes. What cocktails have we had? And picking out some favourites. And we're going to have a few of them. So Nick, what have been your cocktail highlights? Oh, now see, I've got to go down my particular page in my book where I've written down all my cocktail favourites. There's a lot of them. <laughs> there. Flippity, 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 flippity. There we go. We've had some amazing ones, I have to say. We've had some, we've, we've had some terrible ones. Um, I think the good ones generally outnumber the bad ones. Over a hundred cocktails. This is true. Yeah. We've, we've done some episodes with two, some with four. That was interesting. <laughs> for, for your benefit, guys, and, and I mean, was, we hated every minute of it. Well, there were some low low points. <laughs> yeah, there were some questionable, questionable things out there. But we'll start with the good things. We'll start with the good things. So even very recently, we had the uh, the hundred year old cigar. Love that. Oh yes, you just a couple that. of weeks ago, and that was all. Oh, that was good. You went that mental was, for that. I did. I really, really enjoyed that one. So that was really good. But we've had some other ones. Which as I was going through, I'm going, why did I make these more often? These were great, mm. and I don't. So we had the jackrabbit. Yes, the Jack back, back in the day, gin, dry vermouth, and some apricot going on in there, and a few other bits and pieces. That was lovely. Well, we had the shark bite. The shark bite. The good old blue blue cocktail with the, the scary blood. <laughs> now, we have made that We again. did. We made that at Halloween um, last year, didn't we? So, yes. But that, that went down a tree, that one, for a bit of a jokey cocktail. Yeah. It was really good. We always judge the best cocktails when we've been looking back over the over the past two years. We've judged it on have we made them again? Mm. Have we finished the show and gone, let's have another one of those? While we often say with a good one, oh, that shall go on the list, we make it again. The vast majority we don't. Yeah, that's true. the really special ones end up in front of us on an, uh, on an evening while oh. we're chatting. <laughs> Shark Bite was was one which is a great party one yeah absolutely <laughs> one of our friends kind of when i said would you like to try it and they sort of scoffed at us and went it's blue <laughs> and then we said no, no no you have to try it and they went oh my god that's so good that's so good <laughs> i mean what we had the phantom love song you were a big fan of those i was you really blown you were in for that. that for a few weeks you were making those just for fun now what's in a phantom love song? so that was the sake um and the elderflower with a drop of lime yes. going on in that one but, so that was really lovely and someone who doesn't like elderflower mm. in most things but the elderflower liqueur that you have is really subtle but mm. that was that was a real revelation sake yeah. elderflower who'd have thunk it who'd have thunk it i mean then you've got the absolute classics i mean corpse reviver 
<laughs> great mean lovely cocktail and sends you insane so Absolutely. what's what's not to love about one of those casino number one oh, we've done a few good. of those aviations we've had a few of those they're mm. cocktails that i had made previously and then they were introduced into the podcast but they were all fantastic and one of the things well one of the weird ones we've not had on the show we've never done a negroni the amount i bang on about them on patreon and, and just general drinking we've never actually had one as the cocktail of the week so it sort of feels like a cheat doesn't it it's a bit like having a gin and tonic <laughs> this is it? true this is true but it's always there in the background supporting us we know it's a supporting player in the poisonous <laughs> cabinet but we had the closing argument which was part of our our christmas <laughs> sort of four cocktail madness mm. um the, the one we, we managed to sneak some chartreuse past Sinead actually quite enjoyed it so that will always go down as a highlight that's a highlight for you I did have a think about this now when I was <laughs> looking back at the many cocktails the one thing that I have learned is that chartreuse is the devil's juice <laughs> there have been but two occasions where chartreuse has appeared in but a cocktail two. but two and that I didn't find it hideous I didn't actually mind it one of the cocktails was the Naked and Famous. Yes, that, yeah, that's a good one on my list. Again, that another Mezcali one. One that I have ordered in a cocktail mm. bar. Uh, Nick, you know, got up from fainting. But yes, that has Mezcal and Chartreuse uh. in it. So so that combination works. And that also was the, the basis of the closing it argument. It was indeed, yeah, Mezcal and Chartreuse, absolutely. Yeah. I am going to reserve judgment on the closing argument because I know <laughs> I just I just talked about how great it was and I was convinced I'd had four drinks. This is, this is also true. That, they were, that was the fourth cocktail of the day. You so. could have poured chartreuse in a shoe and i would have said it was amazing by that point because i didn't yeah. have any feeling left in my tongue by then <laughs> so yeah chartreuse i i am yet to be convinced that yeah. chartreuse is good however i've learned a lot from doing this show i've learned so much about the different liqueurs the different drinks and the combinations i think through your education of all of us nick <laughs> and through us just experimenting well exactly yeah and yeah, I mean, I've come across stuff that I would never have drunk before. I'm not a whiskey fan. I don't drink whiskey just mm. for having a glass of whiskey. But we've done a lot of whiskey cocktails, and some of them have been really, really good. Think, um, things I would never would have tried otherwise. There's sort of a regular now. You know, if I go out for a, for a night out, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have mm. a, I'll have a Red Hook. Mm. I'll have a, a Boulevardier. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is really weird. I never would have thought that that would have been mm. my jam. <laughs> what What have you learned? If you were very experienced in cocktails beforehand, well, I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't say that far. I've certainly broadened my horizon. I've I've learned that less is more. Sort of. <laughs> In, in terms of quantity, in, or... in, well, in, in, ter- in terms of ingredients, I mean, three, four ingredients top. That's all you need. Hmm. Anything more than that, then it's a gimmicky thing, which generally is probably not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also use decent ingredients. Just because you're putting them in a cocktail, don't get the cheapest stuff you can find. So, do you think it's worth investing in? I think it's worth investing in something decent. So, what would that be in terms of the liquors? Would you say don't compromise on? Your bases, your, your gins and your bourbon and your, your rums and things like that. Get something decent. It doesn't have to be stupidly expensive, but just not the supermarket own brand. Just because, oh, it's going to go in a cocktail, it doesn't matter. Mm. It, just get something nice. I've also learned that it is worth investing in some of the some of the really good stuff. Because then yeah. you're like, oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> should people invest in the herbaly stuff? I mean, that, I mean that's it's so subjective. If you like it, then yeah absolutely i mean it's expensive but it will last you because you generally any of those sort of chartreuse any of the amaros anything like that you use such a small quantity that a bottle will last you a good six months or it depends how much you drink it but it will last you a long long time um and so it's worth it but before you go out and buy something go to a decent cocktail bar and ask them to make something so if you like the sound of something that we've made 
rather than going to spend forty pounds on a <laughs> bottle of chartreuse or something and then discovering you hate it, um, <laughs> go to a cocktail place. And if you like it, then invest absolutely. But there are staple bottles. You've got a bottle of maraschino cherry. Mm. Um, you've got a bottle of gin. You've got some dry. You've got some dry vermouth and you've got some sweet vermouth. You can make a huge variety of cocktails with a with like ten bottles in a. In your cabinet, you can make such a massive variety of stuff. One thing to invest in, aside from your standard gins and your vodkas and your whiskies and your vermouths, you know, have have vermouth in the house, is a bottle of maraschino. It goes with so much stuff, absolutely. It It really does work. It is a staple ingredient that you can use with gin, you can use it with uh, bourbon, I've used it with rum, goes with so much stuff. And it's not horrendously expensive for for a bottle, but it's certainly worth it because it will expand your cocktail horizons massively. I mean, what about you? Any any in there that I haven't mentioned that you've come across? My highlights, you've mentioned a few of them. Mm -hmm. Um, We had the left bank martini. We've had some really nice twists on martinis and those would always be usually my staple go-tos. Uh, we had a Black Forest Sour. Oh, gorgeous. Yes, that yes, yes. was a really nice one, which was surprising because it had Jaeger in it. That was Jaeger and, che- and cherry brandy, in the, I think. It was, and it was um, with a sour, so it had an egg white egg through white. it. It had lots of lemon, and you were like, Jaeger, cherry brandy, <laughs> the talk of madness. And oh, oh deliciousness, yeah. deliciousness. Yep, that yep. is one that I think about a lot and go... Oh, I must make that, but I can't. <laughs> I don't want to buy a bottle of Jaeger. <laughs> well, if you need Jaeger, there's some in the cupboard. We had some really delicate ones like the water lily and the summer rose. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We, we drank them. I'm like, oh, 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 isn't this fine? Oh, isn't this lovely? Desperately we civilized. sort of put on weird voices and kind of thought, oh, it's like a summer party at our aunt's chateau rather than, you know, the heavy whiskey ones were like, yes, down and drink and sit and smoke cigars. But one... I think that we should revisit. That was mm. a solid hit. And given that poison is the secret ingredient. Yes. Is the belladonna daiquiri. That was a very, very tasty beverage. A fine, fine beverage. Oh, yeah. And it's one that's actually people have mentioned as well. Thought it went would down be well. a gimmick. And actually it turned out yeah. to be a thing of beauty. So, it really was. Well, is it cocktail time, Nick? Well, I have to make sure I've got everything, but I think we could probably scrape stuff together. Hooray! I think it is high time for us to go dash into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Nick. So, must say, we've asked our fans for their personal highlights from the show. And one person did say the way you say hello after we come back from shaking up a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> just You just doing a little just, bit. Hello. 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 <laughs> yes, Sunshine77 on Instagram named your hellos after shake up a storm as a highlight. <laughs> I mean, so obviously. Keep it up, Nick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we have our belladonna daiquiri. We do. Way back when we made the belladonna daiquiri, and I don't think we've actually made it since. I don't think so, no. The one that we love, people have quoted. But let's see if it's lived up to its reputation. Dive in. So cheers. Merry cheers. Christmas. Merry Christmas. It oh, is. Yeah. It is damn good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd forgotten how good that is. Yeah, so did I. It's really nice. It's on the sweeter side, but it has such nice balance yeah. all the way through. What, talk us through it, Nick. Remind us what's in it. So you start. You've got a dark rum. So you've got one and a half ounces of dark rum. You've got exactly the same of amaretto. So there's a, there's a very heavy almondy whack coming through it, which is very oh, nice. Yeah. Then you've got lemon juice and sugar syrup. That's Yay. it, just shaken together. Yeah, and it's it's really really good. It's very nice. Technically uh, incorrect to call it belladonna daiquiri with the almond flavour in there. Should really be a cyanide daiquiri, <laughs> but we'll gloss over that, shall we? Oh, how kind, how kind you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have our cocktails in hand. I think yep. it is time for us to start reminiscing, Nick. Oh, why not? Absolutely. Mm. 
So there's let's a lot to off. reminisce over. Yeah, we've, we've got a few questions and thoughts on the cases. But let's start off, Nick, with highlights, your personal highlights from my the last two years. Personal highlights for two years. Mm. Oh my God. But, I mean, as you know, I mean, I love the history ones. I love the historic ones. I love the slightly weird occulty ones. So just doing a lot of research and finding out about those has been fantastic. The whole the Marquesa de Brinvilliers and leading into the whole affair of the poisons. Yeah, the start of that a was, really big history And that ones. was right at the beginning. Um, but that was fantastic. So interesting. So it was like Catherine de Voisins and her sort of black masses and all this oh, sort yeah. of stuff and um, her web of people all across paris um that so that was fantastic that was really interesting to to research and find out about and you're uh, very good at the history ones i think I, this is where you hit your stride I yes we, <laughs> we, we both have our have our skills and the bits that i think we, we both know between us that the, we're, we're the best at your knowledge of history is just something that's ingrained in your head you're just naturally very good at it and you can tell it in such an entertaining way with all of that detail in there, melded it together beautifully. And I think when we started doing the Affair of the Poisoners trilogy, it was out. Oh, oh, I was having a good. great time on that. <laughs> <laughs> I can just start next, like, la, 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 yeah. la, la, so la. Actually, yeah, you remember that one. <laughs> Occasionally, I have to go, like, just a little bit less history. Little less I history. have to cut this down. Yeah, calm it down a bit. No one cares. <laughs> and so cotton was invented at this time. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the French ones are really, really weird. Remember, we did one on Anton Derouze. We did. Um, who was the greengrocer who went a bit mad and got a bit above himself. Yes, um, that and that one. was, yeah, again, that was great. That was really good fun. <laughs> Mainly because it wasn't that one with the Carthusian monk in it. It did, yes, and I um, <laughs> was not happy about that. So, yeah, he, he was quite a jolly one. Again, with the history stuff, you got like Bathory, that was really cool. Mm. And you go in the Peter Nears, so sort of like more sort of Germanic Absolutely. medieval stuff, which is just grim and horrible, but oh, that's really interesting. That's really cool. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can pick a, a one particular favourite out I, of I, all I of them. I could. It's like picking um, your favourite limb. Yeah, well, this is true. And then, I mean, oh, see, I'm rambling on again. Me, the child of the Chinese ones. I love me some China. The China ones. The China ones. Patreon. They are on Patreon. We did the, the Yixing Bakery one went out on the main episode. It did. Um, while we had a little break. But there are some other China ones on Patreon. History and China and History. witchy shit. Yeah, and witchy shit. Like. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you want to make some sort of offshoot podcast of that? Just called History and China and witchy shit, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Sounds, sounds great. I'll be up You'd for that. you happy with it. What about you? So what, what have you all been your... Your highlights, well, things I you've mean, enjoyed I, most. I was going to thank our fans, clearly, as you didn't. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, we both said this, that it is you guys. And, and the response to the show, the really kind comments, the feedback people have given us, that's always a highlight. Even when we're feeling down. <laughs> and anyone who's creative, anyone who is trying to do a podcast, anyone who's trying to write something, if you're just trying to get through the day or your working day, we're very lucky that we get boosts from the likes of you so appreciated you'll never know how much yeah, it means lovely to read. thanks for letting us know that this mm. works so that's always yeah. a highlight if you're out there and if you're starting to be creative <laughs> keep bloody doing right. it sometimes you do get a week and go oh i just i'm just you're just not in the right frame of mind or something yeah. to do that and we, we both work full-time as well as the podcast so it's it's a lot of work but then reading some of those things it's like no people love this people really enjoy it mm. um, and it really does give you that boost to go right yeah absolutely let's, let's Let's do it. Let's record an episode. Let's write another episode. It's great. Do it for the kids. Would someone please think of the children? <laughs> but aside from you lovely people, my highlights, oh, there have been a few. Going right back, I may have mentioned this in a live episode. One of my highlights is the William Palmer episode. episode three. Yes, episode three. Right, right back. Right back. But it was something about it when I researched that story. Famously, Chicken the chicken, Horse. Chicken the Horse. That's always, that's come back to us many times. All the machinations of William Palmer acting a deadly doctor, uh, fiddling with gas lamps, <laughs> all of these things. 
it suddenly made me go, oh, there's there's something in this. Very we, true. We, yeah, we, this might work because we were like three episodes in, going, oh my god, is this just going to peter out? Are we going to run out of episodes or anything? Yeah, no, there's some yeah. crazy stuff out there. And it made me think actually, we got a nice rapport on this one. And then when we got into the teens, when we got a bit further, then we started to hit our stride of the just the craziness, and then going, oh, actually, this is okay. I think we're doing a decent enough job. So William Palmer's always going to be up there. I I don't think that there's a, a week, not every day. But every week, I do think of Cornelius Van Dinkley. <laughs> He's on my list, actually, of things to talk about. <laughs> Thomas Wainwright, when yeah. you find those stories and you're just reading, going... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Comedy writes itself. No, indeed. The yeah. most bizarre, a crazy guy, but um, Cornelius Van Vinkbooms. Who, who can who can forget that pen name? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I've written down his other ones here because I had to go through them. And so we had Egome Bonmot was him, <laughs> and Janus Weathercock. Janus Weathercock. Who is other pen name? I mean, that's just fantastic. And then obviously Cornelius Van Vinkbooms, which when I get a cat, and I'm going to get a cat, he's going to be called Cornelius Van Vinkbooms, and I'm going to glue a top hat to his head. <laughs> you just you couldn't get over that and the reaction nah. from when we recorded that i still go back and yeah. listen to it i was listening to it today going brilliant you would not <laughs> stop talking about it and the whole zip bow bow brummel and the champagne yeah, champagne in the, boots. the boots yeah <laughs> it was just oh i've just suddenly found nick's nick in a past yeah. life this is it <laughs> absolutely god yeah yeah it's um those ones are are absolutely brilliant and it's finding the humor and the stupid humor in so many of these stories some of them are really bloody dark yeah but absolutely just how we sometimes descend into to slight madness and and strange <laughs> strange stories that come off so so some of the highlights that that our fans have mentioned as well that we had forgotten about and literally just before we started recording so the madeline smith episode from 93 when Nick started discussing the finishing school for girls. Yes, I completely <laughs> forgot about all of that. And then it came up, people were commenting on it, so I had to go and re-listen to the episode and go, what the hell was going on there? It's like my great, great, great maiden aunt or something. Um, or me, me in a frock with a, was it me in a frock with a lace umbrella coming down some stairs? Um, so, yeah, why not? Training girls at the touch of a man, even though she was a maiden aunt. <laughs> Another highlight for me, wasn't sure whether to include this, you know, we're going to talk about the most bizarre cases, the most cunning cases, the highest on the bastardometer. Just a highlight for me is Dr. Pritchard. Mm. I mean, his beard was excellent. His beard, that beard, uh, the look of him. And that episode, again, is one where we hit our stride. (laughs) Listening back on that recently, going over that case, which is just perfect. All of the poisoning, you know, the arrogance of this doctor, the stupid things he did handing out business cards oh. to people in the street with his picture on it to people of yes. high society that he might call upon them but had established himself as a, as a GP mm. locally then moved up to Scotland but was so determined to be accepted into high society a little bit like Thomas Wainwright bald with the biggest beard you've ever seen it was an excellent beard thought he was the greatest lover that had ever been born so was draping himself across desks well we made that up um, <laughs> we make a lot of stuff we up, make a lot of stuff up, but you're handing out business cards clip clopping around outside a church on his horse going hello to everyone that all true all all true true. all fact we did in that episode also segue very nicely into what how wolfsbane um monkshood is used to stimulate horses in a horse race oh god we did and that descended into ginger as well if i remember ginger and monkshood are used and rubbed on a horse's anus yes make it run faster it's gonna get it's gonna get you going it has to be said i mean i've not tried it but that's emblazoned in my memory again (laughs) i'm never gonna forget that one now uh i'll never forget Dr. Pritchard, because he's just too sexy. 
I mean, he is a very, very sexy man. I mean, my husband is. He's the man I pitch you while making love to my husband. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it, th- th- I have questions on so many levels on that thing. <laughs> so, some highlights from you guys, from you gorgeous, gorgeous listeners. Um, <laughs> I do love Aaron Timothy, who's just gone Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> started talking about Toblerone and several people have got yeah Toblerone yeah Toblerone it's so much so when Sinead's come to my house for recording she was doing some writing I went to the supermarket to get some supplies bought a fucking Toblerone (laughs) (laughs) it's now the sponsor of the we are now sponsored by I'm paying them though for sponsoring I know we're not good we're not good at sponsorship (laughs) (laughs) someone please sponsor us we don't know what we're doing but Toblerones yes shilly guy says when one of us gets too drunk yeah, that happens quite a lot. That happens quite a lot. There was one I had to cut out because you made me, and it's in outtakes. It was an episode with champagne. Okay. We had some fizz. We had a champagne cocktail. We were in lockdown. We were separate. I'd had a drink, and you drank an entire bottle of champagne <laughs> to yourself, and you were just singing at the end, like, la da da, I have drunk a whole bottle of fizz, everyone. <laughs> I have drunk all of this. This is probably in the 20s yeah i have no memory of this whatsoever no, and you, you said no can you cut all of that <laughs> <laughs> but i was like yeah into the outtakes it goes i've humiliated myself enough so if you, if you ever want to hear what's missing uh, on patreon our patreon subscribers benefit from the tainted treats that we do and that has been a highlight mentioned by some of our patreon <laughs> who love to hear the behind the scenes of what goes on yeah here. they're the episodes we, we, we come to know as the negroni episodes or <laughs> <laughs> well, the absent ones so you know generally if I have a Negroni, I go slightly insane, uh, which is great because it puts me in such a jolly mood for recording. Yeah, so a couple of Negronis, I'm a while away. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm rambling about half the time. Because so. I have to edit these. Mm. And when listening back when I've had a few too many or just the wrong side of too many where I think I'm being really insightful. You know uh, what, uh, we know what you're uh, like yeah. <laughs> in the pub where you've just like, no, no, no. But yeah, it's all it's a government. It's the government, isn't it? Oh, my God. And I'm just listening back whilst I'm going, you are making no sense. Sinead. <laughs> Those episodes are shorter because I'm like, yeah, I had to cut 20 minutes. I went on about the Dutch for some reason. I don't know why. Duck content. Duck content, yes, there was an excellent... I think that was in the, the Easing Bakery episode. Yes, which uh, The Hong heard. Kong episode, which has been on the main... Was a Patreon, but has been on published as a normal episode. Yeah, there was a whole... Got at least 20 minutes of duck chat <laughs> the um, duck. about the Canterbury duck <laughs> on there. And I think it culminated in me going, get a fucking duck! <laughs> get on with it! It's, it was an amazing duck that was in Canterbury during lockdown. We don't need to relive the duck! <laughs> The duck is important. People the duck has gone to the duck. <laughs> the duck is no more. The duck has made to be made into a tasty sandwich. Don't you say that. You've got that press and you're crushing its bones. It's a bad day. Uh, Sashcon on, on Instagram, if I'm saying that right. Sinead's shock when Nick's stories have a twist. <laughs> I mean, I'm playing up to it a bit. But sometimes I mean, yeah. I'm genuinely like, no, Nick, no. And also, uh, they like your honesty when I ask how you are. I'm fucking right. We've also got shout outs, highlights for Wizard Sharks. Wizard, Wizard Sharks? We, we, we talked about Wizard Sharks. Did we? Yes. It was on the, the Shark Bite one. Okay, right. Yes, that would make sense. But Wasn't how it- do they turn into wizards? This is the thing. I know we said it. And then you look back and go, oh, yeah, that was a whole thing. Wizard sharks. Wizard sharks. Wizard sharks. Yeah, great. People love the multiple stories that we've done. We do those on, on Patreon. Yes, the compilation ones. They're good fun, mainly because they involve brushes. Uh, people have mentioned some of the episodes as well. Angel Makers of uh, Nagrev. Mm. 
that was one the ones where it was it's hard to some of them it's hard to be jolly it's hard mm. to be silly and it's hard to be jokey and that was one of the ones which was actually came from a desperately serious and sad place yeah yeah ended up being something quite horrifying and but started have... off in a very from a very pure starting mm. point of people wanting to help women who had having terrible terrible times yeah yeah so those are good episodes they're in they're interesting episodes but they are they're more difficult to be flippant about as we can be on some of the other ones and we've always caveated that and i dare sure. say in very much inverted commas not saying that we're trying to do that but they're important to tell those stories absolutely because while we try and have a laugh and there are so many other great podcasts out there if you want the dark and dim detail please listen to them mm. we try and bring some humor to it but every now and then we need to acknowledge that these are these are serious stories and yeah. people die people died people absolutely die. some really lovely comments of others like <laughs> craig davis who said favorite moments is generally every minute of an episode Aww. you guys are fantastic premier league banter that's a sports reference nick oh is that a sports thing it's what's sports... going on there okay is that good i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we've also got some comments on from our lovely patreon listeners as well Sinead's increasingly weird segues into shout outs for new patreons I mean, they do get weird. They do. It's yeah. a thing now. How, how you think of them all, I have no idea. <laughs> when we go insane about horrible cocktails. <laughs> See, highlights again, lowlights would be... I mean, that's something we're going to have to discuss today as well, is we've had some dreadful cocktails oh, good God. on this. So we're, we're going to have to come back to this, I think. Absolutely. Okay, we'll come back to the yeah. lowlights. But people love our reactions to it. And so maybe the torture <laughs> is what you guys are here I mean, for. that's what people love, is people having a terrible time. Was it Schadenfreude, isn't it? People having a miserable time. So that's what people love. So it's like more more terrible cocktails and our ratings will go through the roof. <laughs> the London Burkers. Someone loved that. Yes. Fashion, uh, we... Well, it was one that was so... Obviously, everyone knows about Burke and Hare. But the London Burkers is something... Yeah. That you know why I certainly had no idea whatsoever. Mary Ellen Piercy, who was going, killing mice, killing mice, killing mice, <laughs> at the piano when she was discovered having killed people. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. <laughs> why do you wipe this from your mind? I don't know. It's because it's my episode, isn't it? You're not even listening. <laughs> Belle Gunness. Oh, I mean, that, that's one. a good one. That I is, love that yeah. one. The farm kind of murders. And yeah, the red she's bombs. on. She's on my list for discussion. Yeah. Uh, Hinterkaifrak, uh, yes. Mary May, Martha Merrick. We have the Pappin sisters, which we did on Patreon. That was a great. I episode. mean, it's great, but it's Dark. so sad. It's really is. De- depressingly grim yeah. that one people do love not much is known about their childhood <laughs> you need to put that on a t-shirt it is become a, a catchphrase really hasn't it they do like your increasingly weird backstories are they increasingly weird when you make them up i just say make them up and then you just make up a weird backstory for people you've done that a couple of times yeah, we'll go that. one involved ballet and it was <laughs> <laughs> okay a lot of love for the china episodes as well yeah we love a bit of china I mean, the first one we did china episode was with emma from real life ghost stories we, we did we did yeah we did an episode with her on the china that kick-started the sort of whole china obsession the china movement the china movement yes <laughs> of which there now have been many lots of highlights for us but let's, let's talk about some more specific cases, okay shall we okay now? okay so we've gone through and we've had to think murder poisoning not generally overly friendly pastimes <laughs> really they're no. not not the most pleasant things so okay highest on the bastardometer ah the bastardometer the a lot of the cases we cover you, you've referenced the angel makers of Nagrad. For example, you have some where murder is never acceptable. It's no. bad, 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 yes, bad, yes. bad, bad. There's never a reason for it. You've got some people who have been subjected to very difficult circumstances. 
things have happened, shouldn't have killed someone, but you're like, oh, okay, you can understand that, to right at the top of the bastardometer, yep. <laughs> like, you did not give a shit about anyone. You yeah. had no excuse for any of this. There's never an excuse, but this was like uber the other direction. You took yeah. an Uber to another town away <laughs> from any excuses that yeah. you could have had. Indeed. Who do you think you could claim to be most bastardly? I have a few in mind. Okay. One, doctors. Doctors. Just generally, prison of the generally doctors across the board. There have been too many, too bloody many Deadly Doctor episodes that we've covered where people have used their position as a medical professional yeah maybe they've lied about their training maybe they've lied about their past but they are so arrogant generally in these cases to go i'm a doctor i i want to be recognized and revered as a doctor as Mm. a man of medical science have used it to seduce women to abuse people and ultimately to murder people for their own financial gain Yes, yes. There are so many of those doctors. You've got Dr. Thomas Cream. You've got Dr. Cream. I think people confuse Dr. Crippen and Dr. Cream because Dr. Cream was, was far worse. Than oh, he was, Dr. absolutely. Crippen. I mean, Dr. Crippen was one person. Uh, one um, person. It just was very famous yeah. because of the Telegraph. But Dr. Cream, who murdered prostitutes, who was archetypal Victorian Very villain. much so, absolutely. But you have, as we mentioned, Dr. Pritchard, you have people who work in the medical profession. You have nurses and people who are training to be doctors who are just using their skills to be God, to mm. play God. The, the supporting players to that are all the doctors who turned up and just went, oh, that's probably just cholera or they're drunk. <laughs> Clearly yeah. have been poisoned and they went, nope, nope, women's problems, that's the trouble yeah. here. So doctors, they are they are high on the bastardometer. Unfortunately, in a lot of the cases, and any doctors listening, it's not you. We love you. <laughs> but why? Yeah, why? Uh, I mean, I'm, I think there's one in particular who I'm going to have to highlight on this one mm. and someone who wasn't actually even a doctor but dr hazard who is Ooh. who is just a i mean just a horrendous horrendous woman who i think had this sort of strange thing of actually believing that what she was doing was for the best yes but just watched people starve to death created um, starvation heights as it was known this fad health treatment mm. where people starved to death and she allowed it to happen a very interesting case. Oh, absolutely. One we've covered recently. But again, someone who was just obsessed with status and yeah. completely was convinced of their own their own dialogue, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I will mention Alexander Pierce because you really struggled with him. The cannibal in Australia. Oh, God, yes, yes, yes. The Bush Ranger. Bush Ranger, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was a great episode because Nick just couldn't get over the fact that the, this guy ate his travelling companions and it really touched a chord with you. So I think that Well, it was, was a sort of, if I remember correctly, it was the one that he did it. There's not necessarily any need to do it. Mm. There was There was alternative sources of food available and things <laughs> so you didn't have to kill and eat your mates no he was in the but, middle of a mcdonald's and he just went but, no, you know what that foot looks good yeah no. so he was they were on the run they were, yes absolutely things happened but, the cannibals seem to, to register with you i must say as well for patreon jonestown is up there i'm completely yeah absolutely. jim jones is the one case i think that has affected me the most you struggled with that one, absolutely. It was. I had horrendous. to do a lot of research mm. on it, and and you listen to all of the accounts of Jonestown because Jonestown happened in the seventies. It's in our lifetime, so so there's there's recordings, there's footage, there's interviews, and you sort of spend some time 
listening to these people and reading their story and that's why the victorian episodes are much nicer in a way because you can be sort of funny you can be them. so more they're so, they're so much more distant absolutely and yeah. there's that disconnection between this is not there are no living people who remember these events or who are affected by these events mm. so it is a lot easier to be flippant and a bit more silly about them indeed um, but jim jones results his <sighs> actions result in the death of 909 people mm. The whole of that story was so horrific because it started again from a good place. Yeah. It started seemingly as a good thing, ended up in a massacre. Was pleased we did it. Um, I think... Absolutely. Very, very pleased with the episode that we did on it. But I did have to have a bit of a break afterwards. <laughs> and like, I don't like this. Um, how about you? So, yeah, I mean, so you mentioned a few there. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, so Doctors... Um, Jim Jones was on there again. So one we covered our, over on Patreon, Amelia Dyer. Amelia Dyer, baby farmer. Baby farmer. Well, the, I mean, there are many instances of what's known as baby farming um, in the Victorian age. We we've only ever covered one, as far as I recall, but yes. this one because generally you've covered one. You've the reasons behind it. You've covered them all, and they are not they're not jolly stories. Yeah. But a woman who was estimated to have killed over four hundred children in her life purely for greed. Purely for I'm going to get cash out of... I take these children in. The state is going to pay me to look after these two children. The parish is going to pay me. Then they die and I get a, I get money out of it. So it is pure greed and evilness. I don't know how much higher on the barstometer you can yeah, go. Yeah, way up there. And say so that she was by far... Unfortunately, she was certainly not the only one, but she's the one that we, we have covered. You've also got the likes of Marianne Cotton as well, who have, are killing members of their family and members of their married-into family, yep. again, for financial again, gain. Again, that's purely for a financial gain. But, I mean, a lot of the people we have covered have killed for financial financial gain. It's just that Amelia Dye, I think, requires a specific sort of highlight of just the, the obviously the innocence of her victims just horrendous <laughs> and then on the other scale of things the other sort of side of things you've also got people like Issei Sagawa the Japanese cannibal yes um, <laughs> who is who is still out there living his life in Japan, in Tokyo um, today so who's someone who methodically planned and killed the execution of one of his university classmates in Paris in order just he wanted to know what human flesh tasted like so there's a uh-huh. reason we do these stories on patreon people and <laughs> and this is not us just plugging for hey go on patreon to cover it you know that we cover certain really really dark ones uh, behind a paywall yeah. because they are close to home you know these people are still alive we don't want to unduly upset people but you know it's pretty much after dark kind of content we also did um on the main show nanny dos Yes. Do you Nanny Doss? So, so the, the kind of people who prey on the lonely hearts. Yes, absolutely. The, the women who will prey on the men who just want a companion. And this has happened again the other way around. You've got men who are trying to seduce women who just want to get married and just want to have a companion. But yeah, Nanny Doss, she just yeah. was, was a giggling granny. The, she gig- was the giggling granny, absolutely. And just had no remorse, just was laughing and smiling right to the end like these men deserved everything that they got yeah. and they were just lonely people. Yeah. I mean, and on the, the male version of that, you've got someone like Bella Kiss yeah <laughs> <laughs> who again I've, we covered on Patreon so go on Patreon and have a listen to that who, one who just um, burying women in the garden in who, tanks of fucking like oil 20, 24 women in barrels in his garden I mean um, that's, that's some it's the technical planning I mean it's, it's, it is so unbelievably and who n- n- who was never caught no one ever knows what happened to him did he die he could have he, 
some people think he died in the First World War. Some people think he lived to a ripe old age elsewhere, but no one knows. But met women through, yeah, Lonely Hearts columns, sort of like, yeah, wife-wanted advertisements. Um, <laughs> and so when they were going through his his papers and things like that, they discovered that he had agreed to about 70-odd proposals from women in in writing. Mm. 23 of them and it ended up in barrels in his garden. <laughs> so... <laughs> We did have quite a few people responding when we said who should score highest in the Barcelona. We should acknowledge that a lot of people said Putin. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. From Jennifer Bradley, Teacup Poisoner mm, was a really popular Graham Young. Episode. Yes, back 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 in the day. Back in the day, but again, a fairly modern case. But Graham yeah. Young, chilling, chilling person, no remorse whatsoever. Yeah. Watched people die just to see what would happen. Just a very strict scientific research type. That's a slightly terrifying thing. We've covered the highest on the Barcelona, opposite end of the scale. Okay. The weirdest, the most bizarre, <laughs> the stupidest people that we have covered in, in in two years of the Poisoner's Cabinet. And there there were a few for this one. There were a few in there where you just go, what? <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> I'm I'm going to do a shout out for the Prophet Hen. I mean, yeah, she's on my list. Yeah, absolutely. Mary Bateman, the Yorkshire Mary witch. Bateman. I mean, for fuck's sake, she was excellent. Although, what, again, one of those sort of more historical ones that you just read and go, what the fuck was going on there? <laughs> but the prophet hen of Leeds, who had their apocalyptic sort of prophecies etched in on eggs that were then reinserted in the chicken. Oh. So they would then lay these doom-laden eggs. So... I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a, she went for it. There are moments in the stories that we cover, and I think sometimes that's what we're searching for when we're doing our research, because there's a lot of murder out there, people. (laughs) But sometimes you read a story, and there's just one little line in there where you go, wait a minute, (laughs) this requires more research. Yeah, Yeah, the prophet hen is one that is just handed to you on a platter going, okay, (laughs) hello. Uh, I'll I'll do a shout out for uh, the lovely Lacoste. Oh, yes. The earliest poisoners that we've ever covered, the great Lacoste, who was working for the Romans, worked for Nero, worked alongside Agrippina the Younger. And a great story of Roman poisonings and dinner parties where, (laughs) you know, some poisoned mushrooms were consumed and when someone said and when the, uh, the person affected needed to throw up they tickled his throat with a black feather <laughs> oh yes the black feather the black feather and we had a black feather cocktail <laughs> we did what happened to Locuster is horrifying oh god yes I'd forgotten about that until now but it also makes you go huh yeah, how did that, that work it was decreed go with me on this one if you haven't heard <laughs> it the first half is horrible that she would be raped to death by a giraffe I mean that's I mean and I think it was we said at the time, you hear the start and go, oh, God. And then you go, Mad. a giraffe? Giraffe. How is that physically possible? What, yeah. what, is, what, is, what, is, what is up with that? What, what's what's up going with that? on? What's going on there? I mean, that requires a whole lot of scaffolding and just sort of <laughs> ropes and pulleys going on there. That's and I think we can all agree that that was probably bollocks. That did not happen. <laughs> it has been sort of embellished over time by the great writers, the great, great writers of the time. Just went, I can put any old shit in here. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, people are They're wonderful. Interesting methods of death. You had uh, the, the boiling to death, which aroused on Christmas Day. We, we covered that as a Christmas story. Uh, but yes, being boiled to death, being broken on the wheel, 
That's, oh, that's, we've done that a few times, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, the breaking on the wheel. That, ugh, that's very unpleasant. Isn't... Bizarre cases. The lycanthropy ones always stay yes, with me. The, absolutely. The curse of the Talaman that we covered. Yeah. A historic case where a man genuinely believed he was turning into a wolf and that entitled him to tear people apart and uh, eat yeah. them and murder people as they wandered through the, 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 the lonely <laughs> hills near him. But lycanthropy is bizarre, and we've heard of it, we hear it in stories, but this is, this is genuinely a condition that has resulted mm. in multiple murders. It may not fall into most bizarre, most, certainly most creepy, we've got things like Hinterkaifeck is up there. Oh, which is just, it's bizarre because it's, no one knows what happened. Yeah. So yes, the sort of six people dead, who knows mm. what's going on, and no one has ever been caught, no one's, there have never even been any sus- particular suspects, really, strong suspects in that, so that is just something that... It's just, it's just desperately unnerving. We will never know the truth. I mean, as any of the ones, we've covered a few which have, have, have been unsolved. And they're really weird. On a lot of the episodes, you have like, oh yes, this person, they killed these people in horrible, horrible ways. And then they were found and they were brought to justice. And that's that. It's like a closure to the story sort mm. of thing. They're, yes, justice was, justice was done in the end. But then some of them, it's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I... Who knows? How the entire series of unsolved mysteries ends with the the narrator going and uh, Uh, I don't know. I mean, that is why there are so many TV series and so many books about unsolved mysteries because you are just sitting there going, "What happened? I think I can figure it out." Yeah. And every time we do an unsolved mystery case, I'm going, I, 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 can, I can do this. I can, I can work it out. <laughs> we can figure I have it out. none of the background, none of the documentation, none of the evidence in front of me, but I reckon yeah. something. And then on the other hand, you've got things like, I mean, the, the Ed Gein episode that you did. Yes, Ed Gein was on there was as on well. was on there as well. I mean, so bizarre in not the sort of like the mass murderer that everyone sort of assumes he is. Yes. Um, Chainsaw Massacre is meant to be based on him and this sort, uh, of, this sort of stuff. But obviously no. just a very, very unwell disturbed man and this this is someone who is passed into folklore in the modern day and age because of cinema because of the books and the and the films that are based on him in inverted Mm. commas but people misconstrue it they think that ed gein was a serial killer and a mass murderer and just you know some evil creature he definitely was evil but his story is very different from Mm. what you assume i was very surprised when reading it ed gein was bizarre in the highest of orders (laughs) and listen and read the story of ed gein because it was chilling but Mm. like wow this is this is kind of crazy what what drives someone (laughs) to decorate their house with human skin (laughs) and have a bowl of nipples i mean who who doesn't love a good bowl of nipples when you come in you know do you what what body parts do you have in bowls around the place you have a belt you have a a woman's suit yeah and you have just basically bowls of nipples and various bones you can collect and he just had that as decoration around the house there's there's one thing of like killing people because they remind you of your dead oppressive mother but then just decorating the house with that stuff but he didn't invite anyone over no indeed no one got to witness all these lovely things these these positions delightful decor that he had invested in yeah it's you do that because you're like i'm entertaining come in <laughs> see my bowl of nipples and maybe that's the thing that bothers me that much he didn't host anyone while he was doing that you'd want to see the reaction of just yeah. ah, okay well you're insane yeah. but i like what you've done with the arrangement well. <laughs> of the skin here on this lamp i'm going to scream now <laughs> i'm going to leave yeah. uh, speaking of other weird dissecting of people papadenka i mean yes yeah i mean that's 
pickled pork. Pickled, deliciously pickled pork. Deliciously pickled pork. <laughs> Skinless pickled pork. That was a weird one. That was very much a weird one. So but someone you... in the sort of community who was so who was so well liked and so loved Papa Dunker. They used to they they called him in the in in the community just because he he went out of his way to help everyone and do lovely things, and to find out that he was this sort of utter monster. Um, who had killed God knows how many homeless people, people down on their luck, sold their sold their remains as, as tasty treats in the next <laughs> in the in the in the next town over, which is like oh my god! As soon as he was caught and was was caught not for murdering people, because apparently he just assaulted someone, he he took his own life straight away, thinking my, the gig's up. I've I've, I've 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 had my fun. I'm not getting away with this. There's no way I'm getting off with this. Done. And that does give you pause of saying this is slightly stranger than mm. the other cases because it's not clearly the, the ego wanting to proster and go to court and say, no, I'm going to lie yeah. or I'm going to try and justify it. It's like, no, I know exactly what I did. Yeah. No, I'm going out on my own terms. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm reliving it. I'm reliving it, Nick. <laughs> We had some suggestions on mm. Patreon as well from Devaney Carney, who said John Lynch and the Guidance from God. She said that she got her husband to listen to it just so he could enjoy how wild it was that someone <laughs> can continue to commit murder just believing God is telling me to do yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. God is telling me to do this. In terms of bizarre and strong, people love Medici versus Borgia. Yes. Because yes, yes, yes. it's... That world of all of these families together yeah. and the political machinations that just had murders happening <laughs> constantly. Yeah. People were poisoning each other. They had poison rings. They had right. cabinets hidden in their thing, filled with poison. If history is to be believed, I say history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, tour guides. I mean, that's the thing we came across with Borgia. I mean, Borgia is the you say you say their name, you think Lucretia Borgia, poisoner, evil, and killed hundreds and hundreds of people. Mm. But no. Absolutely not. Her father, her brothers, her uncle, bastards. She probably did nothing at all. Mm. But she is the one who's gone down in history because she's a woman, and women yeah. are evil. <laughs> um, we are! As, the, as the, the sort of mastermind behind the whole thing, which yeah. is just utter bollocks. Mm. Um, but it's all propaganda. It's all propaganda from the other side, demonising a particular person. I will do a final shout-out on uh, the bizarre cases for the, the 1904 Olympics. <laughs> yes, that was weird. <laughs> a recommendation from, from darling Tim Cloak, uh, who's been one of our experts, uh, uh, twice has been an expert yes. witness with us, and just said, look up the 1904 Olympics, and just sort of left that text message there. I was like, what? And that was a case that involved poisoning, and so mm. many things went wrong. It is a story that you just need to have the music to Little <laughs> Spanish Flea playing in the background <laughs> while you picture what happened at this olympics yeah. it's so good <laughs> i'm gonna chuck one more in one more in then we can move on mm. summerton man oh don't i don't like summerton man <laughs> it, it's 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 too weird it's too weird who the and fuck was he who the, uh, that, that is a true Ooh. mystery yeah that's a yeah i mean even i know now they sort of they've exhumed his remains and they trying have. to do more testing and things like that <laughs> don't think there have been any results just yet but yes, and the whole sort of conspiracy thing, and the yes. the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, and the the book of the sort of this like medieval Islamic poetry and things like that. It's like it's got all these threads of true conspiracy craziness that mm. you can tug on. Yet they all get shut off at different points. Yeah. That's the thing. As this man unknown with no ID, no market, nothing, nothing to determine who this man was, how he died on that beach, yeah. how. 
all of that. We don't know how he died. Every single avenue you go down is it was he a spy? Was he doing this? And then we're like, no, because there was this thing that was definitely proven, nah. but that led to nowhere. Mm, mm, mm. I <laughs> those things make me angry because it's the maybe other people have this. I'm just so angry. I'm like, no, I demand answers. <laughs> I want to know. Exactly. I want to know, and I'm unnecessarily annoyed about this. Yeah. And someone has to tell me. Yeah. Oh, this it's, isn't it's okay that it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's the whole thing about a lot of episodes. You have closure. They were brought to justice. And they were executed. <laughs> they were put in prison. Suddenly. Uh, <laughs> we, we go back to the uh, uh, moment <laughs> well Nick seeing as we're maybe halfway through uh, is it time for maybe another little well, beverage well I think tea? we could perhaps have another wee beverage <laughs> so <laughs> there beverage. any other ones in the past sort of couple of years that have taken your particular fancy gin <laughs> just gin just tequila maybe we should just go mad on this episode and just like open up the cabinet and just start mixing incidents in glasses Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> but I think it's a good time before we pour our next drink because there is something we have in mind actually for for another this highlight. is true but let's talk about the low lights that's yes okay this, these are the drinks we will certainly not be making <laughs> i mean up. everyone's been on the edge of their seat waiting for us to say it the golden cadillac i mean to be honest with you i think there are worse ones i think we've I, had I, I i i was tempted to make that fucker again 
and make you drink it because and I know how you reacted after the episode because you were sitting on that chair going oh my god I'm not okay I'm not okay <laughs> yeah I know like, it was oh it was not a good cocktail it, it was no, it, desperately milk unpleasant milk and orange juice should never be put together yeah. it should not be put together I don't care who wrote it I don't care how good they were no 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 I, I'm entirely in and agreement I'm trying to warn you and you didn't listen <laughs> but I also think mean the Colonel Mustard in the library <laughs> with a dagger <laughs> Weirdly, in an earlier episode, I think it might have been, it might have been Pritchard actually, where we had doctors prescribing mustard poultice. Oh, right, uh, yes. Poultice, poultice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is way back when we were saying, oh, we, we, we joked. We joked, Nick, at the time, going, we could have used mustard, <laughs> maybe in the future. And you went, oh, I've heard there's some mustardy ones. Look yeah, what happened. Look what happened. I didn't say they were good ones. I mean, no, that was... I think, I think that, personally, I think that one was worse than the Golden Cadillac. I will still say with the Golden Cadillac yeah. because I will say that the Colonel Mustard one will go very nicely on a chop. It's a nice sauce. <laughs> it's invented a nice sauce. No, no, you're thinking of the other one we did. Oh, am I? We did the pork chop one, the Carl one oh, no, the with Carl Denker. One. And that yes. was the bourbon, the mustard, the apple cider. Yeah, we didn't learn from the first time, did so, we? So, no, we did the Colonel Mustard. That was the one with, like, the, the mustard syrup. Yes, that Mustard we cooked down and cider absolutely gorgeous on a pork chop yeah, so I the, thought that was a great recipe for a gravy yeah so that was the pork chop cocktail oh no the, no, the Colonel Mustard no there was the, there's the Colonel that. that was the bright yellow one. Oh yeah oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no that was just I don't know I don't know oh no that one. was entirely vile but I'm not sure where we found the recipes for these ones I don't know if either of them end up in Diffords no no they were just <laughs> random ones online <laughs> no, no, of course and Diffords like laughing in the background I feel like the Golden Cadillac was trying to be a proper cocktail I mean the Golden Cadillac is something that is out there people serve it people I mean unless I just Lunatics. made it really really wrongly sadists people who are trying to kill their loved ones are serving the Golden Cadillac no one is serving that going, oh, it's a delicious drink. And anyone who does is then throws up everywhere while crying at whoever did this. I feel like the Golden Cadillac is, as you said, though the people, oh, it's a really great drink. And people were trying to make that a good drink. And it, no, it should never have been invented and it's wrong. I feel as strongly about that as I do about the Summerton Man. I so would say. <laughs> but the Colonel Mustard just seems like someone just took a punt. Just took yeah, a Yeah, you're not wrong, yeah. <laughs> just went, I think this will work. The mediocre cocktails are worse. I think that yeah, the, those are the ones that are dis- the disappointing ones. Mm. And it's like yeah, so it's good to have a strong reaction, either for the best or for the worst. I like those ones, yeah. which is like no, that's dreadful. But the ones are ones which are it's yeah. slightly disappointing. They're a bit like, man, yeah, it's all right. It's a waste of good liquor. Yeah, it's like I can make something better. It's it's all right, but it's like, like yeah. there are nicer things out there. Someone again was trying, trying to be clever, but did clearly did not mm. have the palate for cocktails or for alcohol. And right. you can always tell from the from the great mixologist, and you've made some original ones on the show, and they've always been good, Nick. They've always been really good because you know what goes into a good cocktail, and you've researched it enough, you've put enough love into it. You haven't just gone bah, 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 yeah, over a glass. <laughs> I mean, we, we we have done that in the past. Though I've made you cocktails, you have. Yeah, you've made some good ones. I made up one very recently. Yeah, you did. It was, a, it was a hit. Yeah, absolutely. But enough of the lowlights. Enough of the lowlights. But now, can we go back to the highlights? Yes, absolutely. Another highlight. Yes. Which was a revelation. Mm. The JFK Harris. JFK Harris. With a red wine float. Yep, absolutely. Now, what alchemy and magic was this? <laughs> Talk us through it again. I mean, that was a brilliant one. It's rum, it's lemon, it's sugar. It's got. It's basically a daiquiri, but the sugar sugar content is relatively high, so it creates a difference in density. So you can layer then red wine at the top, and Science. It, 
it just adds something to it which is quite quite beautiful and it, i mean and also visually it looks stunning has been a joy every time you've tried it so i think let's go to the poisonous cabinet kitchen shake up a storm see you in a minute see you in a bit And we're back. Hello. We're back with our JFK Harris's. Mm. It's so pretty. It is beautiful. And I took some pictures while you were preparing it. And I didn't know about the, the was it the viscosity or the, the density due to yeah, the yeah. sugar that allows for the wine flow. Allows for the flow. Otherwise, it would just... See, and that's also why you generally put it over the back of a spoon. So you haven't got that one point of like impact. If you just pour it in, mm. you've got your liquid going in at one spot and it... It's not going to layer. You put it over the back of the spoon, you spread out that, that um, sort of force out over the top so it layers easier. Mm. But yeah, what lets, lets us do this is the, the half an ounce of sugar syrup, which makes the, the rum much thicker, really. Um, and I did see when you were pouring it in, even over the back of the spoon, the, the, the red wine seemed to be dissipating and then it just went then it straight from floats, the top. Floats at the top. No, it's science. Science. Nick, science and cocktails. Science, bitches. And you've also experimented with science on other cocktails. Shout out to the Jungle Bird, where you Jungle clarified Bird. Yeah, the peanut butter thing. That was, that was really good. We clarified with milk. With milk, yes, indeed, yeah. Um, and it, well, I also did it, not for the episode, but I did it with a clarified pina colada. And it is beautiful. Mm. I mean, it takes a fair bit of work. And this is um, the process of, of what, straining milk so, to get the proteins all so, so basically, so what you do is so you, you mix, mix up a pina colada so, or a jungle bird, which is generally quite heavy in your fruit juices. So mm. I think jungle bird is a lot of pineapple and things like that. So it, your normal drink will be quite cloudy. I think it's because of the because of the fruit juice in there. But what you can do is if you add if you add milk to it and some additional acid, so I think in this case I use lime juice, the the milk and the acid curdle as they did in the Golden Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> but this time they're doing it for science and you're not drinking it. Um it's science people. And you sort of pour it through a lined funnel. I think I just had some muslin and you pour it through that. And the milk sort of separates it into curds, so it's, into yeah. curds and that sort of creates a, a filter on the bottom of your muslin. So it, so as your drink strains through, it takes out all of those sort of impurities and all that stuff that's, mm. that's in there and leaves you with a absolutely sort of crystal clear liquid. It's, it's amazing to see it happen. Yeah. And the, and the taste is beautiful. And because you, and it lasts for ages as well, your result, you could put it in the fridge for two, three weeks. Yeah. Or something, because it's all the sort of bits that m- would make it go off in the fruit juice and stuff like that have been taken out, but you're left with the flavour. It's, it's incredibly clever, and I'm probably explaining it really badly, but it's it's well worth a go. It to... looks terrifying. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> you're it left with this pink sludge. <laughs> terrifying, and it seemed like a lot of hassle, but it was really worth it for the end result. You could taste the difference. We did the fat wash bourbon as fat well. Fat wash bourbon, which I was less... It was kind blown of blown okay. away by. It, it had a bacony goodness uh, to it. Yeah. It wasn't like super super bacony. Wow. I don't. I don't think it's meant to be super super bacony. It's meant to create well, that's more. That's what I was waiting for. It's it's meant to sort of create more of that sort of that mouth feel and that sort of more uh. silky, luxurious. Because you do a lot of ones which are um, like a butter washed as well. Yes. Which create that sort of let's go that sort of silky smooth feel. Mm. And I don't, I don't know if they add much to the flavour. The bacon one, yeah, you get a bit of a bacony, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing mm. in a cocktail. I don't mind a bit of bacon in my cocktail. <laughs> Anything for snacks. So, it's one that I would like to try in more 
professional cocktail yeah. bars. You know what? Hurrah for science and hurrah for Nick's science It's, it's good to have a bit of fun. But for now, we have the fl- the red wine float in the JFK Harris. And now we have the JFK so Harris. So let's dive into our second cocktail. Yep. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's desperately lovely. It is entirely, entirely lovely. Talk us through it, Nick. So, rum, a lot of rum, two ounces of rum. Got some lemon, about three quarters of an ounce of lemon. You've got equal quantities, three quarters of an ounce of sugar. Shake that with a load of mint leaves. Mm. Get some minty goodness. Mm. Strain that out into your glass. And then you are layering about a quarter of an ounce of red wine over the top. And mm. it, come, you know, you say, it comes from one of my... The, one of the best recipe books, cocktail recipes books I've, I've got, which is regarding cocktails, Sasha Petrasky book who's the, the man who's sort of credited with the entire reinvention of the cocktails sort of mm. in the in the 90s 2000s primarily with milk and honey in new york and then milk and honey in london it's a it's a fantastic fantastic book hooray well while we have our delicious second drink on here it's it's given us pause for thought that i think we need to address two of the most requested <laughs> mentioned characters in the show there have been some heavy drinking characters in the show. There have been, but the the two most popular, the ones that people always come back to and have featured a lot in the listener responses, incredible Iron Mike Malloy. Yeah, absolutely. And the unstoppable PC Morris. PC Morris. <laughs> <laughs> two people in two separate episodes who astounded us with their ability to drink. Oh yeah, absolutely. A PC Morris is a really early one. I think it's like episode five or something. No, it's about episode um, nine. It's exactly. coffee, coffee with the bottles. Coffee with the bottles, absolutely. So seemingly such a minor, inconsequential character <laughs> for for the story, but no one remembers the bottles. Everyone remembers PC Morris. That's it, so. <laughs> and, and it's it's a really important story. I remember that starting, and and the the story of the bottles is sort of an unsolved in, in inverted commas. Well, the the, the main culprit mm. went free. It involved the Marsh Test. It's yeah. a really important story in terms of poisoning murder <laughs> cases. But then suddenly emerging was P.C. Morris, the arresting yeah. officer. He had a warrant for young John Bodle, who was the, the suspect, and escort him to where the inquest was being was being held. Mm. On which he had many adventures on the way, <laughs> shall, we, shall we say. And then later, when again he was meant to be escorting, meant to be transporting some evidence um, around the place. Yeah, he got slightly waylaid. By his his love of the love of the drop. Yes, with with escorting John Bowden in the first place, went to the Plume of Feathers pub. The Plume of Feathers was where the inquest was being held. Yes, uh, he went right. to uh, the Cross Keys Inn was where they ended up on the way, having a nice glass <laughs> glass of something. Just any um, opportunity to stop and have yeah. a pint or a drink. Yeah, and then it was uh, a gin and peppermint um, at the the Mortar Inn. Yes, um, he stopped on the way with with John in in tow, handcuffed in tow. Just what is going on? And then when he was delivering the evidence, it, it was about 12 hours. He was on the lash. He, he left about 8 a.m., ended up wrecked <laughs> at the, delivering this evidence, having gone to pubs, spilling it. Spilling it, yeah, dropping the bottle of the, the, li- the bottle of liquid they had sort of gathered in evidence the, from the, the, the crime scene. That Marsh had to test. <laughs> the, that was the cornerstone of this freaking trial. That he, he managed to drop in a pub, smash it. But it was okay because he, he, he saved some of the liquid in a tumbler. Some mysterious powders that would end up being handed around the pub. Some chap dropped them on his trousers. <laughs> Um, <laughs> poison trousers. Poison trousers. And he was just like, look at me, I've got evidence. Way Being lifted up. Pub after pub after pub. Yeah. Drinking. 
whatever was handed in was probably alive <laughs> and was just incident in a glass if ever we've seen but one. excellent excellent man constable who was described by the magistrate as a, as a very active constable very active <laughs> i remember that active constable is that a passive aggressive well it's not a, is it not a very skilled or a competent constable or he moves a lot yes he, he moves quickly from bar to bar <laughs> <laughs> he is active on his beat i've never seen someone running so fast <laughs> <laughs> when last orders are called yeah so he he was an absolute legend and uh, yeah we need to get some sort of t-shirts with yes pc morris we, we have said it before and, and, and we will we will get on it but he is all of us he is yeah. he is all of us on those days out where you go i think i i reckon i can carry on and you're like this is fine this is fine this is fine. i mean he, he's definitely us when we do our day drinking sessions oh god yeah. where we meet for going to we're going to town get some shopping done get to about half 12 have a bit of lunch have a bit of lunch glass of wine have a glass of wine. wine like seven in the evening <laughs> look everyone if this evidence that i'm carrying from a murder trial everybody have a go on it love pc morris but there's pc morris mm-hmm. who we know who can who can hold a drink but then there's mike malloy. but there's mike malloy mike malloy who i do feel is in a, a league all of his own really um indeed uh no longer with us now pc morris died a natural death we believe we, yes indeed but but Mike Molloy was a victim in this story that we told yes. for twenty, where he was a just a just a drunken man who didn't even know his own past. Indeed, yeah, just in a, a yeah. bar in New York and was was singled out mm. by a group of crooks who thought, hmm, he's someone that we can put an insurance claim on. Absolutely, yeah, something we can. Yeah, the 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 speakeasy was going through a bit of a rough time, in the middle of pro- prohibition sort of thing. Mm. So it's like, no, we need some cash from from somewhere. There's this chap who comes in. No one knows his past. No one, no one even acknowledges his existence. No one shall miss him. No one shall miss him. Let's do away with him <laughs> and get some cash. All oh, that went wrong. <laughs> and you can see the picture. The four guys. I think it was four. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. It, it, eventually, it morphed into many, many more as they had to get extra specialists in to try and do away with him. But um, also, so I think... members of the public just coming in, going, "We have to watch this shit go down." <laughs> Of just them going, we'll just get him nicely drunk and then we'll we'll get him out of the bar and we'll, uh, you know, he'll pass out or he'll die from the drinking or he'll he'll die from the cold and we'll, we'll take him out in a car. <laughs> just every pint, every liquor <laughs> put in front of him, he knocked back yeah. without a care in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, so... So obviously starting off with with the cheaper cheap whiskey went to wood alcohol, wood, so alcohol. wood alcohol nice sort of yeah paint stripper going on there that wasn't really working. Um, then they moved on to their their wood alcohol infused oysters, <laughs> some oysters <laughs> nicely marinated in in wood alcohol. We had that. What we a had, pub! By what the a way. pub! I mean, what a um, pub. I mean they they went on then onto a main course of rotting sardines and carpet tack sandwiches. Yes, the sandwiches, uh, the sandwiches, the sandwiches which. which Happily munching away on one of them. Um. That is a point where you're standing there going, okay, he's drinking wood alcohol, desperate times. We've, we've given him oysters, which the oysters were, were just liquid. There was nothing left. <laughs> we've now put nails in a sandwich and he's eating it. He's You're a, all going to be standing there yeah. silently going, we have taken on more than we well, can absolutely. handle. Absolutely. I mean, they, they left him out on a park bench in the snow, dousing in with water. He rocks up the next day for a drink. No, oh, I've got a thirst on me. have <laughs> got a thirst on me. <laughs> didn't, he, didn't he pass out at one point and they think he was dead and then he just got up again? Yeah, absolutely. He, 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 they, he was in the bar and he... he fell off his stool at one point and they think fine eventually it's happened then this massive snore comes out of him a couple of hours later he wakes up he's back on the stool 
knocking it back again. Drinking, drinking. <laughs> so, He's Irish is, heritage, and that's my yeah. Irishman. There, is he? <laughs> Absolutely. But, I mean, they ran him. They tried to run him down with a car. And so about three times they tried to run him over with one each on each arm, holding him up in the street as someone <laughs> raced towards him. He rocks, and then they think, "Oh, we've got him!" As he goes over the car. Three days later, he rocks up back at the pub again. <laughs> so, oh, I've been in the hospital. You won't believe what happened to me, lads. Uh, oh, I can't remember a thing. <laughs> I mean, uh, I love him. Absolutely. I mean, I thought. I mean, eventually they did. They did get him. The, the, um, I mean, eventually, you know, but it was only a matter of time after. Yeah. The, you know, I think they they literally pushed the Empire State Building on top of it. <laughs> That's how they got him. No, uh, gas. Wasn't it was it, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a yeah a, a hose from a a, ga- a gas lamp straight down his straight into his mouth Ugh. with a towel wrapped around his terrible, head so terrible terrible end for a um, noble, noble strong man yeah absolutely but thank god they didn't get away with it they no. soon realized that this was something very <laughs> foul play had had occurred so probably because um, everyone in the neighborhood knew this was going on because they could hear them just going for fuck's sake but, every night and the amount of people who were involved in the end of it um <laughs> <laughs> trying to stage managers yeah. electricians <laughs> yeah lighting directors absolutely and with some really weird gangster names was it tin ear smith tin-ear who was actually smith. it was actually made out of wax i don't know why it was called tin ear i have no idea it um, does seem like the group w- w- was fairly incompetent like like pretty incompetent. Why well, I don't I, know. I like to think that it's because Mike was was made of some other metal than Earth, let's just say. <laughs> but it just seems like they were trying bits and pieces, and they didn't have the guts. If they they wanted this to seem like a natural death, but this was just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. if you're going to do this, like it's going to be bloody obvious that he didn't choose to eat a nail sandwich <laughs> and oysters covered in wood alcohol it's not a normal dish no well indeed or I mean, be run over <laughs> be run over that that can be an accident he was pissed out of his head he wandered into the street he got hit by a car that can be explained I think away the bruise marks are being um, held by every limb when um, given it away i mean one of the sort of the main architects of the the, the plot had actually been successful with a similar scheme yeah. before when he um, he killed a young woman Again, dousing her with with water, and until and she was passed out, yeah. left in front of an open window in a New York winter, and she, and she died of hypothermia. And it was he got an insurance payout. So thinking, yeah. I've done it once, I can do it again. Yeah. Um, but obviously, very much picked on the wrong the wrong man <laughs> on, on wrong that occasion. Man. Mess with the wrong man. There's no Iron Mike Tyson. There's only ever Iron Mike. Malloy. Iron Mike Malloy. Absolutely. Who, the, the big question is who would win in a drinking contest? I mean, I mean Iron Mike, no doubt. Um, I don't know. I think that PC Morris has the legs to keep going. I think he can. Iron Mike can drink some heavy, nasty stuff, but he'd fall asleep. And yeah, but it, I mean, potentially. That you know is a drinking competition. You're not drinking yourself to death. It's last no. one under the table, yeah. isn't it? So you've got to stay standing. I mean, Mike Malloy would wake up and carry on drinking <laughs> for weeks. But I think PC Morris would be able just, to match yeah, him go, to drink. Yeah, no, fair enough. I yeah. mean, I d- and, and we also thought PC Morris was an early aficionado of the cocktail with his combinations of gin and peppermint. This is, and, this is and true. He mixed his drinks I'm sort of nicely. slightly seeing a you and I vibe there, slightly. <laughs> and so if, if I was sort of like the Iron Mike, I would just drink and then I will just fall asleep and then get up and drink a bottle. But you're the PC Morris, so you'll go out there, have some drinks. Right, let's go to the next place. Let's go and have some more drinks for <laughs> the next pub. Um, so. If it's the right drink, then I yes. Can see, I can see that. I'm going. As I said, the English <laughs> drown in drinks, the Irish float. <laughs> <laughs> Only on the certain ones, not with the wine. <laughs> we know what happened that yeah. day with the wine and cheese. <laughs> so, as we said, um, so much love for Mike Malloy. 
uh, Marcella Jensen, uh, Mike Malloy, who couldn't just be killed and helped catching him and helped catching his murderers. Yep. Amy Galga, the maddest case so far, and there've been so many. Is Mike Malloy? That poor man just clung to life as hard as he could. <laughs> That's all the story of PC Morris. Um, and and she asked, did I ever write a song about him? I never was going to write a song about PC Morris because it just writes itself. It, it would just be a drinking song. Maybe we have to. Maybe we could all just come up with like an oldie yeah. timey chant that is about PC Morris and Mike Malloy, uh, and they run off together into the sunset. That's how my story song would go. It would get weird. Mike Malloy by um, Kipriana. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Mike Malloy is by far my favourite story just because it was so outrageous. Yeah, off-brand Steph, PC Morris, all the way. Now, we, uh, one of our lovely Facebook listeners, Agnieszka, I believe, Kaisel, when it comes to better drinker than Iron Mike wins with sheer fortitude. But overall, I prefer the story of PC Morris, for his is not one of dark addiction, a dark story of addiction and murder. His is a story of just getting happily plastered on duty. I mean, yeah, absolutely right. So it's a nicer story. Yeah. I, I, it, it certainly is, yeah. I'm on board with that. Yep. Craig Davies says, uh, Mike Malloy and PC Morris is a tie. I like to think there is a pub in the afterlife and they have become best drinking buddies. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh, I love isn't that, that nice? <laughs> they're up in, well, I don't know if they're in heaven. <laughs> purgatory waiting yeah, to go. Absolutely. They can't get into heaven because they keep drinking in the purgatory bar. <laughs> like Angel Gabriel is like, you, come, come on. on. <laughs> Hell won't have them. They're like, there is not enough liquor in the world. <laughs> PC Morris, Mike Malloy, we love them. Talk about the, the best drinkers, the weirdest, the craziest people. How about, Nick, the most cunning so the most cunning the most creative or the or the most you know not necessarily the most bastardometer but, yeah yeah but, but, but the most the most, the the most calculating the most yeah. cleverest so the most cleverest the most we, cleverest we are really not helping that I'm, are we i'm not on that list myself <laughs> the <laughs> so, most smartest the most the smartest yeah, one the smartest five. so i think there's a couple of people who fit in there one that actually i did notice that many people have commented on christiana edmonds christiana edmonds as being a, just a cold-hearted cunning she knew what she wanted mm. she knew how she needed to get away with it and she went for it so a great story, Christiana Edmonds. It has been covered a lot recently by other shows. I think her reputation is starting to build again, but she is known as the, the chocolate cream killer. Was obsessed with her neighbour, a doctor. A doctor, a doctor yes. Greatest boys have them all. They're the love drug. Obsessed with him and completely blindsided by, I think there were some letters back and forth. Yes. Inappropriate. He was leading her on a little bit, but she was, he's in love with me and I need to get his attention. So I think, yes, yeah, so, so she obviously tried to do away with Dr. Beard's wife by leaving poison chocolates. Then it was, it was discovered, yes, they discovered that these chocolates are poison, but rather than trying to pin it on her, she tried to pin it on the, the confectioner, the yes. person who made this. So then she went around poisoning all manner of sweets. Um, around town from this particular sweet shop, so ever so the suspicion would be deflected away from her and mm. onto the onto the sweet shop, and so, leaving them in the street, oh, giving yeah. them to children, sending them to colleagues and people she knew, and it resulted in the death of a child. Yeah, absolutely, which is heartbreaking. Just um, all that to just try and it wasn't me. It wasn't. It me. wasn't well, me. It was someone else. Thought if I get rid of his wife, mm. he's going to be able to come away with me. Yeah. So the best thing to do is that someone else can die and it's collateral damage. It's okay. It's fine. It's, it's chilling, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's crazy, mm. but very calculated. And thanks to the poison book mm. that was introduced at the time, they could trace the, her purchase yeah. of poison back. I did also like that story because it did give us 
insight into how women were treated i was gonna say i mean it did i remember that episode being giving me a, a great sort of anatomical lesson into the <laughs> in, 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 not particularly my area of expertise but into the wandering <laughs> womb yes yeah, so that's how things work so the i i learned a womb. lot on that one absolutely it basically i'm upset your womb trying to climb out <laughs> the the genuine feeling that the womb moved around the woman's yep. body it was some sort of parasitic creature and you either had to chase it down the gullet by using horrible <laughs> herbs, I think, at the, at the mouth, so it would go back down. Yeah. Or around uh, the vagina. Or sweet-smelling uh, things. Sweet-smelling things. Come down here, come down here. And the womb was wandering all over the place. Yeah. She was sent to a mental institution and she was not helped. It was just that she's got women's hysteria. Yeah whether it was PMS, whether it was hormones, it was nothing can be done because the womb has a mind of its own, was not helped. She was not helped when she should have received help. Oh, well, indeed. Um, really, I think all the doctors looking back going, oh, oh shit, we, we misjudged <laughs> well, that. Yeah, we, we fucked that one up. <laughs> she did also use the great line, pregnant in court. Yes, indeed. She did, and had many a wise woman. Because they get these wise women who will come and prod her and check it. Oh, yes. she's definitely not pregnant. She's definitely not pregnant. Her womb has already gone off yes. on holiday. Yeah, there's nothing to be down there in a love. <laughs> Long time. <laughs> the male doctor's like, I think you'll find her womb is in her mouth. You need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> a great case, Christiana Edmonds. Um, fascinating, beguiling, and terrifying, yeah. really. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, cunning, cunning. Cunning. I'm going to go back with another another bunch of ladies. Oh. I'm going to go with the with the invention of the great Aqua Tafana. Yes. And with Juliana. Juliana, absolutely. Juliana, so... I mean, that is high, high up on the on the cunning list of these women of this this whole circle, and 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 a great episode to go back and listen to, uh, written by Nick and, and and the wonderful history episodes. But yeah, Julia Tafano, like the creation of a poison that mm. could be perfectly administered. All of this hiding of poison in 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 your makeup cases, yeah, giving it to ladies to make sure that they can do away with husbands or lovers mm. at exactly the time frame that you wish. <laughs> yes, the right dosage, you down down to the minute, sort of. If you get the dosage just right, a then, day, a week, a year, yeah, or two years. Absolutely. How so. it was a year or two years is bonkers. I'm not entirely <laughs> convinced about how that was actually if that was actually true or not, but the legend persists around it, which is which is fantastic, and and, and something that we still do not know what this poison was. No. Um, at all we don't know what the ingredients were yeah so a fascinating thing from ooh that's weird <laughs> <laughs> and I also like the um, this leads on to the affair of the poison absolutely you yes you mention it as your highlight but I think it's a great example of mm. the cunning that wonderful era of sort of, uh, of you know poisoning at court and yeah. outside of court obviously as well absolutely. but the, in the Marcus de Prembillier all of these people mm. who are just using their wiles their rhetoric their connections to secretly poison people and the ripple effect that it had yeah. this terror that it created uh, before poison panic of arsenic in Essex in in the Victorian mm. era in Europe it, the, the absolute horror suddenly that everyone could be poisoning each other absolutely and really proper yeah period drama stuff yeah well, absolutely I mean, it's something that sort of that that side sort of thing started in um sort of in Italy with sort of people like the Borgias and stuff like mm. that who had who had poisoners on their payroll yeah um <laughs> so <laughs> who were there they were professional poisoners who were employed to get away with um, annoying enemies uh yeah maybe enemies or people who are in their way in in court and stuff and stuff like that and those people migrated from like italy and things into into france mm. um and then you get the the the, the poison shenanigans in, in the, the affair of the poisons and things like that you get you get in france and then that eventually comes across into into england yeah into the uk but it's sort of yeah this 
raft of poison stretching across Europe in that sort of period. And this is the thing about poison in itself, is that it has a far longer history than we can comprehend, actually. That we, we think, because of the wonderful Victorian cases that we cover predominantly, poison panic started with the sale of arsenic after it was, you know, Industrial Revolution and everything like that, and arsenic was suddenly readily available, and then suddenly went, oh, no, you can poison people. Let's put in some laws <laughs> to stop this shit. Yeah. The law consisted of, write your name in a book, we won't follow this up whatsoever. Oh, actually, we need to do more. Strychnine, mm. help yourself, mate. We think that's when it started. This has been going on for Absolutely. centuries and hundreds and hundreds back to the thousands and thousands of years with, with yeah years. With, with Acosta and we also did the episode on, on Mithridates and things and on Patreon which is yeah going back to Roman and Greek sort of era so as in the Victorian period what you get is the the invention of the popular press so the mm. so there are a lot more stories available for us now to look back on and go so you think of it as this explosion in mm. in poisoning and stuff like that no it was just written about more i think um, also it was the just legal a, system as well it was just <laughs> so in the past there have still been probably the same amount of poisonings people are still trying to kill each other but it's just it is now just much more known about well, I, um, I, I don't know i think there's there's certainly in the in the in the roman period uh, in the greeks as well for, for, for centuries as i said earlier on you have some of these great writers who were the great documenters of things at the time and will go into great detail about what happened within the courts, within mm. the you know, the nobles and the lower classes. Again, where you had professional poisoners who were on the payroll, who mm. were being paid to go around. People were killing each other right, left and centre, <laughs> but in very cunning, creative yeah, ways. Absolutely. They were employed, you could trust no one, but it's a wonderful period. Mm. But absolutely written about in like yeah, yeah, this is what happened. <laughs> so the detail I think way back when was better in a way even with the affair of the poisonous people would be writing about it because again you know how, how can you tell the story people are writing it in novels people are writing about plays and they're writing it in letters and they're trying to do the accounts of it the hysteria about poison in the victorian era is much more <gasps> panic we really should do something about this shit <laughs> no one seemed to say that earlier yeah. on they were like no this is fine this is just it's a thing fine. that's going to happen and there's nothing we can do. Yeah. Whereas then they suddenly went, maybe, maybe. there should be a law. <laughs> I suppose because also originally it was seen as a, perhaps it was a thing between sort of kings and nobles and stuff like that. And that's not for the common people to sort of fuss around with. Well, that that's, was the great part of the, the yeah. affair of the poisoners and all of that story and some of the stories that we did in, in France as well of the of the time of the great hats yes. and the balls <laughs> and the ships and your wigs and stuff like that. These nobles did think that yeah. poison was just something for the... They thought mm. the opposite. They thought, you know, poison was for the lower classes. It was... But, but now people are poisoning the royalty <laughs> and us rich people oh no. my god the servants poisoning you that was the terror bad things don't happen to rich people no bad things never happen to rich people <laughs> and again in the victorian poisonings we've got a lot of servants you know exacting revenge on their employers it turned out then because we have better court reports of yes well we were poisoning them because they were raping us or they were just you know we <laughs> had to bear their children or they were beating us senseless all the time so yeah you know what yeah. we're gonna put arsenic in your stew <laughs> you bastard i say another one i'm gonna go flag up there for the most the most cunning and the most calculated and mm. one of the cleverest ones the easing bakery that is very good the jar of the air in, in hong kong where well, you would bloody pick a chinese well, i would i mean <laughs> but i think i think it is i think it is so it is so, so clever good. how they they came up with this plan that would only affect the people they wanted to but on a massive scale so if you haven't listened to the episode it's a set in sort of colonial hong kong 
where the Chinese, the indigenous sort of Chinese population, want to get rid of the European invaders, colonizers. So they decide to poison um, the bread through one particular breakery. Only the Westerners eat bread. The Chinese um, inhabitants don't eat bread. It's not a it's not a Chinese thing. Mm. Um, so they decide to to poison poison the flour, which would only affect the Westerners. Um, and it did massively. Over like 400 people fell horrendously ill. <laughs> Fortunately, there was only like one person who died because they completely over overdid the arsenic and just got <laughs> entirely carried away with far too much. So everyone just vomited everywhere. But if they had, if they had half the dose... It would have wiped out the entire Western yes. community on Hong yeah. Kong, which is slightly terrifying. Terrifying. Um, but that level of realization: well, we don't want to kill the Chinese people; we want, yeah. want to kill these white people. They have this bread; this, they don't eat. They mm. eat that. If we can taint that, but that's that is a level of cleverness and planning, mm. which I think is quite impressive. It makes you sort of terrified because it's yeah. the sort of thing that makes you stay awake at night, going, "How many things worked?" Mm-hmm. That we'll never know. That we'll never know. Yeah. Like how many things worked and we've never questioned, and we're like, oh god, <laughs> everyone who has died has been poisoned. Yeah. Oh my god, great, great story. A... I'll say my my other inclusion would be the cunning uh, Burke and Hare. Well, yes, absolutely. They yes, yes. Made a business yeah, out of death. About they did. They had a system that they, you know, burking to kill people who were poor, who no one would miss, and they think, okay, well, let's look at this demand for corpses by anatomical professionals and universities and people who are studying anatomy. So, yeah, let's just deliver them corpses. And this was a business. This yeah. was a business that was operating around the UK and up in Edinburgh. Yeah, people are like, oh, yeah, I'll pay you for a fresh corpse. <laughs> no questions no asked questions where they asked. came from. Definitely. And then were found out and, and later on, obviously, punished for their crime. Well, sort of. You know, actually, one of them was punished. The other one just ran, ran off. Ran <laughs> off. But that's cunning. That's clever. Yeah. That's clever. It's it's horrible. <laughs> Maybe some of the most cunning ones, as I said, you know, the, the things that have been successful are all the unsolved ones. Well, yes, yeah. well, that's very true, absolutely. The people who got away people with it. People who got away with it. The people like Bellicus and stuff like that, who yeah. you know, who were never found and never discovered. Yeah, a couple of people mentioned George Smith, who was the Brides in the Bath murderer. Yes. Who had found a way of killing his various brides by drowning them or seeming like they had been drowned. Cunning, even though he was sort of eventually caught, like, how did he get away with it mm. so many times? Which is quite scary, a little yeah. known case, but yeah. he, he killed several people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nobody likes that. <laughs> also mentioned for the Green Bicycle murder, both as, as, as bizarre and mm. also cunning, because what the hell happened What the hell there? happened, absolutely. A recent one, and it was a good one as well. Jan Lee uh, Montez has mentioned it for the commentary, for our commentary <laughs> on it. Because it was a good story. I wasn't yeah. sure about that one. And then it was actually like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot to chat about a lot about going there. on there. A lot of cunning murderers. The people who got away with it, well... Well done, I suppose. <laughs> There's a slight grudging respect, I suppose, maybe. <laughs> I think that is why I like the Victorian era, because you have this wonderful period in history where people have realised poison is being used to just do away with anyone who is bothering you, because <laughs> arsenic has been so readily available mm. to the agricultural communities, you can buy every kind of poison across the counter, yeah. and it's just witnessing this slight shift to... <laughs> No, we need to introduce the poison book. No, we need to have more details <laughs> yeah. on this. We need to add far more poisons than arsenic to all of this. We really need to be examining it and just this, like, uh, it has resulted in lots of murder cases that we can cover. Yeah. 
later on it's just if this show has proven nothing it's that you definitely can't get away with poisoning anyone absolutely ever. not absolutely not <laughs> it will be you will be found out and it's not the secretive method that you think it is <laughs> indeed not but i suppose nick we should conclude with the mm. with the big question really what is the greatest poison of them all what is the greatest poison of them all what are you gonna go with oh, i don't know i mean it's a difficult one isn't it <laughs> it is a difficult one i think money yeah yeah greed, greed. money greed because mm. so many of so many of these stories have are done for personal gain just for for cash and yeah. no matter how desperate these people might be like people like amelia dyer yes lived a horrendously awful life and needed some money but chose to do that in the most vile horrendous way possible so yeah so i'm i'm going with greed cash uh, I'm going to go with arsenic! Arsenic love! Arsenic love! There we go. Yeah. We knew it was coming. <laughs> I was tempted, obviously, I've said, but you know my feelings on doctors. Doctors. <laughs> yeah. Not going to go with, but was very close to saying religion. Well, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. I because, agree. God damn it, how frequently is religion featured yeah. in the cases on the main show, on Patreon? We keep coming back to religion no judgment whatsoever if you are religious we're not saying that religion is wrong that if you have a faith then you are entitled to that absolutely no judgment whatsoever but religion and people misconstruing it and i don't i don't think religion is necessarily the problem go with me on this it's people's interpretation of religion i think it's It's people's, people's interpretation it's people thinking that they have the only right one and that's what brings me to what I think is the greatest poison of them all is is power. Is mm. the, the drive for power. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, that encompasses everything, really, doesn't it? <laughs> you, you've got cash, you've got more power. Um, I, I, so. I think it's power and reputation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There are so many people in this. The the doctors, the cult leaders, the, the, the people who just wanted to be in high society. They just wanted to be revered. So there's a degree of power in that yeah. and recognition. Ego with power. They go hand in hand. God, absolutely. But I think that covers it. With religion, usually it's not actually a, a, a genuine spiritual feeling that these people have. No. Maybe it started as that and it started from a good place, but it ends up being, I need to be the one in control mm. and I'm going to control your lives and I'm going to destroy them as a result. So it's always the individual at the end of it <laughs> who is running it. So yes, the power mm. and ego, the greatest poison of them all. Oops, yeah. But also Toblerone. Also, no Toblerone, no. After you've had a, too many cocktails of maybe <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know when I've eaten some more Toblerone. <laughs> so, but at the moment, I'm going, absolutely not. No, yeah, Toblerone, great. Chartreuse. Chartreuse, the greatest poison of them all. <laughs> beer, the greatest poison of them all. I made you a beer cocktail and you, you liked it. You did, actually. You yeah, no, bloody I, liked it. I did come across that one. I it almost <laughs> made it to my cocktail list. And I go, no, I can't. I can't say a beer one. <laughs> so, okay, fine. What is the greatest poison of them all? What do you think, people? We hope you have enjoyed our roundup of season one and season two there's been so many episodes that we wanted to get through and talk about a bunch of ones that i'm sure you'll all jump on and go hey what about this person but thank you thank you thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being with us through 104 episodes yeah we're gonna keep going into season three we would love to hear your suggestions of the types of cases that we can cover in season three anything different you'd like to hear you know what just message us we might consider it 
yeah, indeed. I mean, we're always open to new ideas and new exciting things. Are we going to run out of cocktails? That's the thing. We, are we going <laughs> to run out of secret ingredients? <laughs> so, Never. So you're going to carry on throwing more and more obscure things at me. As we've said, we are going to take a tiny break between season two and season three, purely because Nick and I are going away. We will be back very shortly with season three with more episodes. So keep sending us suggestions of stories we can cover. Keep sending us suggestions of cocktails we should be considering or any other beverage that needs to make it onto the poisonous cabinet. If you haven't already, please consider joining Patreon for as long or as short a time as you wish to and tell your friends about the poisonous cabinet. We love you and we hope you will stay with us for more deadly shenanigans into the future. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you very soon. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.